Welcome to day 152 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, David Keefe and Matt Kresge. And we are continuing our journey through the book of Romans. We've come to the section Romans 9, 10, and 11, where the deep concern that Paul is addressing is this, what about Israel? With all of their advantages, the fact that they had the covenants, the patriarchs, the promises, the prophecies, and even they traced the line of Jesus, the Messiah, you know, through them, they were adopted, you know, as God's sons and daughters, and God had a special relationship with them, and yet many of them are not continuing in the promise that's realized through the Messiah in Christ, and you see Paul's deep, you know, passion for them, and you also see him dealing with the mystery of why many have rejected the Messiah. So we continue in that stead in chapter 10, and of course we'll leave you hanging through the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and come back to chapter 11 on Monday. So Romans chapter 10. Uh, before we start, we always offer ourselves and uh, this moment you know, to the Lord for him to take his word and to build us up in Christ Jesus through it. So David, do you mind lifting us up? No, let's pray. And Father, now as we do turn to your word, may you help us to see your word, know your word, um, live out your word and believe it. Help us to see your heart through your word, and may our hearts, in light of that, be renewed and refreshed and, and rekindled to to love you and to serve you and to be your people. And so we ask that you would do a work in us that only you can do as we turn to the scriptures. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 10. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can test about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. What the righteousness is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart, that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it was with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. The scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on one whom they have not believed in, and how can they believe in one whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all of those rights accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I asked, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, and the words to the end of the earth. Again, I asked, did Israel not understand? First Moses said, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I'll make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I've held up my hands 
to a disobedient and obstinate people. You have to love this passage, and I believe, David, you brought this up yesterday in yesterday's podcast. You see, even though we're talking about election in these chapters, uh, Paul is not giving up and praying mm-hmm. for Israel. He's not giving up in his desire for Israel. And, of course, this is one of the most gospel-centered passages. These are some of the universes we use in sharing the gospel you know, mm-hmm. with others. You know that you will find in, in all of Scripture. So you see Paul's, you know, passion, chapter nine. He said, "I could almost wish myself cursed." And he said, "I'm not giving up on them." Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we get very mechanistic, you know, about mm-hmm. election. Everything's kind of sealed, so we just may as well check out. Paul is everything but checked out. He's in the game as long as there is a game, mm-hmm. and he's passionate for his people as long as there's, you know, is, is hope. Mm-hmm. And then of course he has a beautiful in a message, how will they hear if we don't go? Uh, and if they don't hear the message, and the mm-hmm. message you know, about Christ. And that's the beauty of this passage in chapter 9. It's because of election, because of predestination, that we check in, you mm-hmm. know, that we go and evangelize. That it's because of those things we have that confidence to to leave and to take risks in order that, you know, for Paul here, it's that the people of Israel would, would know Christ, but for those in our lives as well. Um, because we trust God to be who he is and to do what he said, we have the confidence to go. I love to, you know, he, in chapter number six, he says, it's not as though God's word had failed. And, you know, you get to chapter 10 and he, he continues to talk about this desire, his heart's desire and his prayer for the people of Israel to know God. You know, and then he goes on to pretty much show them through God's word, through the Old Testament, like it hasn't failed. You know, it is accomplishing all that it seeks to accomplish. And, and I think it's a reminder to us. Um, I mean, even, just being reminded, you know, Paul desired and prayed, and maybe we find ourselves in that same place as Paul. We've been praying and desiring for someone that we know, you know, to, to come to know the Lord, and and God's Word does not fail, and I think we can kind of bank on that and, and be reminded of that. You have to love, you know, verse 2, for I can testify them that they are zealous for God, but they're zeal is not based on knowledge mm-hmm. since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own they did not submit to God's righteousness Christ is the culmination of law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes and a lot of times you know we, we feel like you know zeal is the only thing that really matters and Paul says oh I wish it was mm-hmm. you know they 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 have zeal and they have zeal for God, but they haven't heard the truth of God that's in Christ Jesus. And they sought to do their own righteousness rather than submitting, you know, to God's righteousness. And submitting to God's righteousness in this particular case amounts to just receiving it, mm-hmm. which is so hard, you know, as hard as election is, you know, to figure out. It's also sometimes very hard for us to figure out how we can just receive a gift and take it as a gift and know that it's a gift. And walk in it, mm-hmm. you know, as if it were a gift. It's a. It's also, I think, a, a warning for us, right? That just because we're zealous for God doesn't actually mean that we know God. And and how, how do we come to know this, you know, salvation that we have in Christ Jesus? It, it's in Christ. It's not in our zeal. And I, and I've been around maybe enough students or. You have know, been in enough church camps, and, and this chapter ten of Romans mm-hmm. is always one of those ones that's like big oh, yeah. there, where you mm-hmm. know just just pray a prayer, yeah. you know, and and just and prove your zeal for God, and, and the emphasis almost seems to be on the zeal rather than on what Christ has done yeah, or who absolutely. God is in Christ Jesus, and it's exactly I think what Paul's doing here is saying it, it's about 
it's about God. They're zealous, but their zealous is misdirected. And even even that they're zealous, and then in, in verse twenty one, you know, he quotes from Isaiah that, but they're still a disobedient and obstinate people. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's still holding his hands out to them, even though they have this quote unquote, you know, zeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you know verse four where it says Christ is the culmination of the law. Many of your translations will have the end of the law. And a lot of times by that, mean we just push the law aside. But rather than pushing the law aside, the Greek word is the, the teleos, or the goal of the law. Mm-hmm. Christ was the goal of all this. All of this was leading us up to Christ. And Paul says so wonderfully in Galatians, uh, the law was meant to lead you to Christ so that you could be justified by faith. And that's exactly what he's saying Israel needs to do. And not only Israel, we all we all need to do. Mm-hmm. And so he calls on them to receive and believe the message. And, you know, at verse 9, you know, it's kind of, we've been charting out mm-hmm. the Romans road, right? You get to Romans 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And, and I think sometimes we just stop there. You know, just just confess. You know, mm-hmm. just make this profession. He says, but believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe you know, and are justified. And with your mouth you profess the faith and are saved. Yeah, it's one of the things that always stands out to me with Paul is sometimes we want maybe the intellectual assent, you know, or mm-hmm. just a confession. And Paul's always going to say, no, what we believe isn't just disconnected from our heart. You know, when we begin to speak about salvation, it's wrapped up in all, you know, all that we are, both in our affections and in our in our thoughts. Yeah, and heart is so much more than just a an emotional feeling we have in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It is... Seed of who we are. It is the... The essence mm-hmm. of everything that we are, with, in other words, you could be saying it's with your whole being yeah. that you believe, and, and of course that would you know not only involve just uh, I believe these truths, but I am committed to this person. Mm-hmm. And I love as well just right after that getting to see you know God's heart for for all people and all nations as as we see this you know. Um, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And so again, to see the heart of God for, for all people. Yeah. the uh, You know, we started this with Paul's passion to continue to pray, you know, for Israel. And, of course, we see in verse 12 that everyone who calls on the Lord uh, you know, will be richly blessed by him. And this is not only true of salvation, but as we continue to call on the name of the Lord and continue to turn to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you begin to think, again, you can you know, lock in, you know, election where all the dynamics are already set. So, you know, why, why bother? The reason you bother is because it's what Scripture beckons us to do, mm-hmm. to continue to pray for those who do not know him and continue to seek the Lord and to know his truth and to enter into his blessing and to walk with him. You even think, I mean, in light of, you, know, you get the Acts passage where God sets Paul apart to be a messenger to the Gentiles. You know, that that's where his ministry is going to be directed. But you see, even in, you know, Paul's desire here and in his ministry, that he never left behind the Jews either. He never saw them as a people who were unfit for the gospel. You know, it's like, well, so long, I got I got a better group to you know, be recipients of it now or you see his longing for both Jew and Gentile, for all people to know the message of the gospel. And that leads him to essentially say, because of the incredible news that I have, how can I not share yes. this? 
I mean, we got to tell, we got to tell him. And in the next chapter, he's going to play off, you know, the quote, you know, from Deuteronomy where he says, again, I said, did Israel not understand? First, Moses said, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. Mm. Uh, you know, the whole idea that uh, uh, Paul's ministry is so that grace would be so richly demonstrated in the Gentiles that Israel would see it mm -hmm. and know that that was the grace that came through the promises made to them and through the Messiah that came from them and through the prophets you know, that proclaimed to them and would uh, see the grace and desire the grace and receive, mm -hmm. receive Christ Jesus. And of course, that's the purpose, mm -hmm. that's our purpose in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, not just that we could, you know, give other people information about grace, but in the way that we live, that we could be a demonstration of God's grace that makes people long for the same grace. Mm. Yeah, and even verses, you know, 14 and, and 15, you know, when you kind of look at them in, in reverse order, you get to see this kind of, this, this sending out, right? And, and we, are a, we are a sent people who are to preach so that people can hear and believe and then call on the Lord, you know, and so the, this calling isn't just for like, well, if you kind of feel led to do these things, you can go be a sent person to to declare what Christ has done. But it is a calling we all have as mm -hmm. as the people of God. I always think of the image too. I mean, maybe we lose it a little bit because we don't have messengers in the sense, you know, sense that this messenger would have brought the news. But I mean, if you're a, a city who you know you've been at war, you've been at battle, and you know your destination depends on the victory of that battle. You know, and you see a messenger come running over the hills. You know, it's not so much the messenger that you're marveling at. It's what is the news that he has to declare when it's good news. You know, how beautiful are the feet of that person who is sprinting to, to shout the good news right. of a victory. And that's what we have, you know, but we, I think maybe the illustration are, at times is, is maybe lost on how precious that news is, you know, because we just turn on our TVs and turn them off to get news. But, I mean, this would have been... Paul's way of saying, yeah. we have the greatest news on earth, and, and you know what it's like to receive that. Yeah, so in, in Jerusalem, you would have seen, you know, the entry into the city would have been over the Mount of Olives. So you would have seen a messenger coming, you know, from a from a victory, you know, running over the top of that mountain and running down in the city. And you could usually tell by the way he carried himself yeah. before mm -hmm. he even got into the city, you know, what the news was going to be. So there's a certain, you know, a certain run that's like, oh no, things are not going well. <laughs> not there's another, fast. Yeah, there's another lively kind of joyous, yeah. you know, approach to the city that you know, already, you know, how beautiful are those feet because they're bringing us good news. And it has nothing to do with a perfect little toe or anything like that. They may have been the most deformed feet in the world, yeah. but they've become beautiful because of the message they carry. And of course, that's a beautiful vision of the church too we're beautiful not because of our perfection mm -hmm. but because of mm -hmm. the message and the hope that we carry mm -hmm. in christ and, and may we be that people may we be that church mm -hmm. yeah. who tops the mountain with the very best of god's good news mm -hmm. matt could you close us with a word yeah. of prayer father we thank you that your word has not failed we thank you for the incredible reality of um, the news we have received Thank you for the gospel. May we be um, men and women and, and children who um, who take that gospel to those around us, who proclaim it with joy, who live it out um, with joy, knowing that, that Father, you have saved us um, because of, of what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. And so continue to send us out. Continue to, to remind us of just how good this news is, not just 
for us, but for others. And may we be found faithful as we continue to share the gospel with those around us. Um, God, we trust you to do what only you can do. We trust you to save those um, as the gospel is proclaimed. Um, God, help us to believe uh, the message as well, not just to preach it, but continue to transform us through it. Thank you for this time together in your word. Um, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.